Are you struggling to contribute at Trivia Night? Do you find that the subjects of high school tend to cause you fright? Not to worry, we've got a solution of sorts A variety of topics and comedic retorts Your mind's awake, but your body's at ease When you're listening to Topical Breeze Recording! <laughs> Welcome back to Topical Breeze <laughs> And folks, if you've uh, <laughs> heard of Ricola, uh, this is a take on that. This is That's t- right. This is a Ricola podcast this is where we, two teachers talk about Ricola two teachers and how sick they've been. <laughs> two <laughs> teachers eat different kinds of cough drops <laughs> and discuss their effects. I take them like pills. <laughs> Today's <laughs> cough drop is Coors Light. <laughs> uh, no. Topical Breeze is the podcast where- The premier podcast. The premier podcast. Teachers- the explain things. Yep, we we take turns. Two teachers taking turns explaining topics to one another. Cause boy, we just can't get enough teaching. That's um, right. I'm Andy. I'm Nathan. And this I is our podcast. Welcome. I'm our resident math guy. Um, That's right. Which, Self-appointed. So, well, yeah, but you weren't gonna appoint yourself math guy. I, I would never. Who who else here? Who else is here to do any appointing? Not, I, I wouldn't re- give Stevie I'm any responsible. No, I. No, Shut you don't the fuck have, up. You're outranked several flanks by by us. Flanks. Yeah. Sev- yeah. You're outranked several flanks. <laughs> <laughs> Are you disrespecting the command of an out- <laughs> outflanking officer? <laughs> what is that? Of a of a higher flanking officer. <laughs> Go flank yourself. Is that major pain? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's T Pain. Oh, <laughs> shot <no> at <laughs> Oh, this is unusable content. No, it's so not. today, <laughs> this is good shit. This is what the people want to hear. Oh man, there's no people. So today's a math episode. It's an Andy episode, baby. That's right. Yeah. We love it. We love our math episodes here on the pod. Yeah, and and I just you know I just want to say up front the title of today's episode. I love it. What's the title? What's your title? The uh, title of today's episode is PEMDAS. More like PEMDAS. That shit sucks. Okay. <laughs> PEMDAS. So P-E-M-D-A-S-S. PEMDAS. Uh-huh. So today... Everyone... Uh, so we're talking about why you shouldn't follow the order of operations? Today, Nathan, we're talking about mathematical misconceptions. Oh. Or more accurately, we're discussing the issues that arise... When procedure is um, emphasized more than conceptual understanding. Uh-huh. So a big preface to this episode yeah. is this. Um, this is kind of unique to math education uh-huh. in some ways. I think it's more prevalent, more easily seen in math education than it is in other subjects. There's been a big push recently in the last 10 or 15 years to move away from procedure, to move away from rote memorization, uh-huh. and move toward conceptual understanding. And we're kind of seeing that right now in, in my school. But, uh, I mean, with without route memorization, how are you going to get around, uh, like, without a GPS? 
Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> you got to know the names of roads, folks. <laughs> Road memorization. No, of course, Nathan's an idiot. So what we're talking about... <laughs> no, as always, this guy's a fucking dumbass. <laughs> yeah, Stevie, cut out all the parts where Nathan talks. Uh, <laughs> I did not say replace it with the sound of a dolphin baby. What was that? No, that's Dolphin <laughs> Baby. What you just did. <laughs> I'm like Justin Bieber. I like that laugh. <laughs> you seen that interview he I does? get my peaches down in Georgia. What? <laughs> that's Justin Bieber. Oh. What the fuck? Sorry, I lost it. Anyway. And I'm the dumbass? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you calling Pinhead? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... The, anyway, so you like, were saying uh, rote memorization versus procedure. There's been a push to focus on the conceptual understanding rather than starting with the procedure. So, for example, um, in geometry the other day, uh-huh. we were doing... So, I'm a geometry teacher. Sure. And we, the geometry team... I teach in a really big school. There's like eight geometry teachers. That's a lot. And we actually worked with... Um, a guy who I'm not going to name, but he's he's kind of he has a doctorate in mathematics education. He's kind of the resident Midwest guy no. on lesson design. Doctor Division. It's Doctor Division. <laughs> <laughs> you know Doctor Division. Yeah, he's got superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> he can do long division. It's his superpower <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by hand. Can you wow. imagine? And so we were working with this guy, and we were working with our central office people, and we were working with our admin team to basically change the way we taught trig functions. Mm-hmm. So sine, cosine, tangent. Right, so Katoa. So Katoa. Okay, so this is a great example. So we have this thing, so Katoa. Sine of theta equals opposite over hypotenuse. Cosine of theta equals adjacent over hypotenuse. Tangent of theta equals opposite over adjacent. You remember all those using the mnemonic device, SOKOTOA, which helps you set up these equations. Um, The problem is that a lot of people don't understand what trig is and why we're using it. Sure. So if I ask you, what is is sine? Sine. Yikes. But you'd be able to solve problems using sine. Not at the moment. Okay. Given 20 minutes. I mean, if I was in like high school, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember anything is what I'm saying. I went through the same math classes you did, except, did you take calculus in high school? Uh, Not in high school. I took it in college. I took calculus in high school, and then I took it again in college. Not because I failed it or anything, but it's kind of a thing with a lot of universities. They'll they'll, uh, recommend that you take their calculus Especially if you're going to be a a math education major. You probably want to have a deeper understanding of calculus. A strong foundation. Um, Not me. I skipped four history classes in college. I took Calc 1, 2, and 3, and then it wasn't until I took a class called um, Analysis, which is the theory behind calculus, that I actually, for the first time, understood what trig was, which is a problem because I was a third-year math education student. A junior in college. Yeah. So we say trig ratio. Uh, The trigonometric functions describe the ratio between sides in a right triangle. So the idea is Uh that... You pick. You have a right triangle. Yeah. And then one of the angles. Let's say you have an angle of thirty degrees inside of a right. That triangle. would make our other angle sixty degrees. That's right, because the that. angles inside a triangle have to add up to one eighty. That's the triangle angle sum theorem. By setting one angle at thirty degrees, uh huh, without knowing anything else about the triangle, I can guarantee you 
that the smallest side of that triangle mm-hmm. is exactly half the size of the hypotenuse. Uh-huh. Whether it's a triangle the size of this room that we're in or a triangle the size of a P. It doesn't matter how big or small the triangle is drawn. Because it's, it's ratios. It's about the ratio. The ratio of the sides of a right triangle are are set by the angle. And the names, sine, cosine, and tangent, I mean, describe the different ratios. Yeah, that but makes that's sense. the part that I was missing as a student. I didn't understand that sine meant, oh, opposite over hypotenuse. That means that if I have a 30-degree angle, the opposite side's always half the size of the hypotenuse. It's representing the ratio that exists based on the angle measure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And this is where we get into the problem. Because you and I know Sokotoa. Every geometry student in America has heard the term Sokotoa. Sokotoa. But the problem is you don't need that Sokotoa. if you understand what they are. So essentially, there's been a push toward moving moving away from things like Sokotoa, moving away uh-huh. from the mnemonic devices, and designing lessons that help the students explore and understand discover and understand these relationships on their own with your facilitation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you just pose problems. Sure. So I say, okay, here's five different triangles. Solve for these ratios. What do you notice? I'm like, oh, they're the same. I'm like, yeah, they're the same. What stays oh, the same? Okay, giving people the a bunch of right measure. triangles saying, find the sides. Right. And then what's the, what's the, the, the different or the same between exactly. those different triangles? And if you go back into antiquity like when geometry was discovered that's how it was discovered through mm, observation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and for the students what that does is it it hits home further that geometry isn't just something that we made up math isn't something we made up math we came up with we invented to represent things that were actually happening around us right this is observations of things that exist not just me telling you what to do. It's not a game. It's not. I a mean, we talked about this last episode. Einstein had to come up, like, create or come up with the math exactly. that proved his idea about gravity. Right. But he observed that there existed things in the universe that could not be represented with the math that we had. Yeah. And it's the same thing with all branches of mathematics. We had to come up with a way to represent what was going on. So there's been a push toward this because conceptual understanding leads to deeper understanding and not memorization, right? Right, right. So um, let me think of an example. Um, actually, I have a really good example later on. Okay. Um, which I can I'm, wait. I'm going to get into that. But if I know... Oh, no, the midpoint formula. The There's mid a great example. midpoint formula. Do you remember the midpoint formula? Not precisely. Okay, so what is a midpoint? Do you mid- know what that means? A midpoint is uh, the point directly equidistant yep. from the two endpoints of a line segment. Oh, I love Look them. at my vocabulary, it's people. Great vocabulary. $100,000 words up in yep. here. I'm a millionaire. Okay, I have no money. So let's say you have a line segment. The midpoint is exactly that. It's the point in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The midpoint formula? It has. It's something to do with you plug in coordinates. Yeah. And you basically average them to find... That's the thing. The midpoint. So I, as a student, never memorized the midpoint formula because I didn't need to. Right. Because I knew... Instead you, you of telling, found, because you took the X coordinate and you found the average between the X's and you yep. took the Y coordinate and you found the average between the Y's. Okay, so you know the midpoint formula. If I asked you for it, you wouldn't be able to name it yeah. letter for letter. But, but you, you know, know how to find it. You know how to find a midpoint. And that's the thing. It's an average. So that's where we want to go. As math teachers, where, we, where we're where we moving toward is instead of saying, write the midpoint formula down, 
at the top of your test so you remember how to use it. Uh-huh. I am trying to get my students to solve problems, not solve exercises. Right. I don't teach them the midpoint formula and then say find the midpoint 50 times using this formula. I'm saying, how do you find the point that's in the middle? Oh, you find an average. What does it look like to sure. find an average between two things? So you add them up and you divide by two. Yeah. So the midpoint formula is x1 plus x2 divided by two. That's your x-coordinate. Y1 plus y2 divided by two. That's your y-coordinate. Yeah, use all your fancy terms. Yeah, cause, but, but that's the thing. I never <laughs> I had know, to memorize know, it. Because if you know the concept, you know what you're doing, then you can solve the problem. Sure. Why not? That's what I want my students to leave my room knowing. Uh-huh. I want them to know how to solve problems. Because... If you are trying to, let's say I get a flat tire. Sure. I don't want my students to have to look up a manual or read their notes on how to change a tire. Yeah. Right? I want them to be able to solve the problem. So what does that look like? Okay, well, I've got to take the tire off. What do I need to do that? I've got to get the car off the ground. Oh, that's what this jack is for. Let me do that. Like, being able to think logically. get those fucking pesky nuts. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Pesky nuts was my nickname in high school. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Yeah, so it, it's that. So we're moving toward conceptual understanding rather than just pushing mm, processes. Because mm-hmm, processes mm-hmm. don't mean anything. You memorize it for the test and you forget it. Exactly. If you push concept- My specialty. Yeah. If you push conceptual understanding, not only do you get a better understanding of the math, but you're teaching your students to solve problems outside of your classroom. That's mm-hmm, where we want to go. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'll hear y'all. I'll hear y'all. So back to PEMDAS. I'm with it. I'm with it. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. This is a classic example of a mnemonic device. So what is PEMDAS, Nathan? PEMDAS is order of operations. What does that so mean? So when you have a problem with multiple, uh, wh- wh- how would I say this, elements of math, it's the order in which you're supposed to solve those elements. Yeah. So, so it's it's P is parentheses. P is parentheses. E is exponents. M is multiplication. Yep. Division, addition, subtraction. So basically, if you have parentheses, you're supposed to do the stuff in parentheses first, and then you're supposed to carry out the exponents that you have. Um, it's I and then know, do it's your just, multiplication. It's a process that you're supposed to do exactly to keep things right. I, so I don't know. let's say I give you the expression one oh, plus yeah. two times five. One plus two times five. So you're supposed to do the two times five first. So the M comes before A. Right. Multiplication comes before addition. So right. two times five so is... Ten. Ten. And then, and one, then one plus ten. Eleven. Right. So if I said one plus two times five, and you didn't know your order of operations... One plus two is three times five is fifteen. You might get the wrong answer. So who has determined that this is the right way to do things? Math God. Uh, math yeah, god math is like god. rap god. Yeah, I'm beginning to feel like a math god. Math god. That's how the song goes. We're going to skate on past that. So the question, I guess, I'm going to step back from the point of the episode and just talk about order of operations for a sec. Okay. So why do we even have this? I don't fucking know because they told me to. Right. So I'd like to explain. I don't understand why I can't just add the numbers and then multiply them and get a different answer from the other way around. It doesn't make any sense. So let me calm you down. (laughs) Sure. They tell me these are rules. Okay. But like. This is what I'm talking about. It doesn't mean anything if you don't know why. Yeah. So I'd like to tell you why. Why does it mean something? It means nothing. It does not mean nothing. I guarantee you it so means nothing. the reason the order of operations exists. Math God. Basically, no one operation is more important. I don't believe in math God anymore. All right, man. <laughs> no one operation is more important. I'm math knocks. Dude. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> 
basically no one operation is more important than another. Like there's no like real reason why we've decided that multiplication and division happened before addition and subtraction. There's no reason for that. <laughs> but what has happened the, actually, I've, I've kind of lied. The only operation that is more important is parentheses. So saying, hey, sure, do, yeah. do this first. <laughs> the order of operations just allows us to write expressions using fewer symbols. So let's go back to the one that we were just talking about. Sure. 1 plus 2 times 5. The order of operations tells us how to evaluate that, right? We multiply first and then we add. So yeah. 2 times 5 first and then we add 1. That could be entirely avoided if we just use parentheses. If we said one plus, and then we started yeah. the parentheses, okay. and inside the parentheses we had two times five, then we would know that you multiply yeah, right. first. Yeah. We could do the same thing at the beginning of the problem. If I put one plus two in parentheses, then I would know to add first and then multiply after that. Uh -huh. Every operation can be done this way. Uh -huh. But it it's just more work to write parentheses for everything. And so mathematicians were like, Hey guys, let's simplify this. Let's just come up with a common theme so we have to write okay. less. Okay, so we said, so we said, you know, we'll go with this order. But if you want to not do it this order, just throw some parentheses on it. The parentheses were the main, like, yeah, the parentheses just eliminate ambiguity. But PEMDAS is just sort of like a like a universal rule book. But we didn't have to do it that way. We could have used. We could have said that addition and subtraction happen before multiplication and division, and then our rules would be different. Okay. But the math would be the same. That's just what they decided to do. It, it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, what, sure. where, where this all comes from, um, it, it, this idea of trying to be as efficient as possible in writing these expressions. So why were we trying to use fewer symbols? Um, during the 16th century, there was a change in the way that we were doing math. So up until like the 1500s and well into the 1500s, math, algebra, what oh, we're talking about algebra. here, was rhetorical. Basically, math was done with words, sentences, Fuck that. instead of expressions. <laughs> so we've got symbols for everything. Me? We have a symbol for addition, subtraction, oh all, everything. So, but they would say I plus cannot imagine writing out a paragraph just to like yeah. a, a math problem in a fucking paragraph. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically what it was. Uh, partway through the 16th century in the 1500s, uh, mathematicians. 16 and three quarters plus uh, added to seven Yes, and five what you're saying, they would have written that out. It's exactly that. So they've started coming, uh, mathematicians at the time in Europe, started coming up with symbols to represent the words that they were using over and over. That's like plus good. and minus and things like that. Did they put in like side notes like, do this part first? Uh, like not, to take the place of parentheses? This was kind of a, uh, no, they would say, do this, then add five. So okay. multiply one and three, then add five. That's how they would write it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But... You can do that in English. As you move away from the words and you're trying to use symbols, we needed to come up with a universal way to write that. Yeah. And we said, okay, multiplication division will always come first unless you're using parentheses. Um, there's a really cool example. There's a famous mathematician named Raphael Bombelli, an Italian guy. He wrote a book in 1572 called Algebra. And <laughs> it's like. Is there an explanation point on the end? Um, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Algebra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a musical. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it is. Oh, did I say he wrote it in 1572? Yeah, yeah, he died in 1572. So nice. that's funny. Nice, this guy's dead. Oh no, but it was published in 1572. Ooh, a post mortem. Um, <clears throat> so he 
tried to write the rules of algebra in a way that everyone could understand it. But this is a perfect example of using words. So he wrote down, you know, like a positive number times a positive number gives a positive. So I've heard. So this is what he wrote, and he wrote it in words. He said, plus times plus makes plus. Minus times minus makes plus. Whoa. Plus Mo- times okay. minus makes minus. Yeah. Minus times plus makes minus. Uh, I'm, I'm with this guy. I agree. And then he gave examples. Uh-huh. So then he said, plus 8 times plus 8 makes plus 64. So he's saying positive 8 times positive 8 makes positive 64. Yeah. Yeah. And then he said, minus 5 times minus 6 makes plus 30. So he's using words to explain the math. Now, we would not have to do that in the modern day because we have established symbols and an order of operations. So we would just say, we would write the number five, the symbol for multiplication, and then the number six if we wanted to do five times six. If we wanted to use negative numbers, instead of saying minus and writing out the word minus, we would put the little dash because universally that means negative. Uh Uh-huh. So there was a shift from using words to using symbols, and part of that shift was, if we're going to use symbols, we might as well make it as simple as possible and eliminate the need for parentheses as much as possible. Therefore, we have implied order of operations. Implied. So, yeah, so, like, we could avoid PEMDAS altogether by just using parentheses for everything, but we agreed on the order of operations for the ease of writing equations and expressions. And we've done it one step further. So, like, if I gave you the expression... Uh, let me explain my vocabulary here. An expression is a mathematical phrase without an equal sign. So if I said right. 1 plus 2, that's an expression. If I said 1 plus 2 equals 3, that is an equation because uh-huh. there's an equal sign. Uh-huh. Okay. So let's say I'm looking at the expression 1 plus 2x. 1 plus 2x. Okay. So w- we tell students that those are not like terms. So we would not write 3x. Right, you would right. not combine yeah. non-like terms. Right, but the reason that you don't is because two x. What's being done there? Multiplication. Multiplication. It's implied multiplication. There's no symbol between the two and the x. But by writing a two next to the x, yeah. we're saying multiply. Yeah. And by order of operations, we have to multiply before yeah, we those. add. And since we don't know what x is, we can't carry that out until we have something exactly. else. Exactly. So that's why you only combine like terms because. By trying to make 1 plus 2x equal 3x, you are ignoring order of operations. Right. So this is a really hard thing for Algebra 1 students to understand. Why don't you you do that? But we don't explain it like this because it's a lot to explain. It is. Um, So common mistakes with the order of operations. Um, You've probably seen these social media problems where it's like, what's the answer to this? Uh And everyone has different answers and everyone thinks everyone else is stupid. What's happening is that people forget that PEMDAS doesn't actually describe the exact order of things. There's, like, more instructions. Mm -hmm. So, PEMDAS, parentheses, exponents, multiplication, division, addition, and subtraction. Yeah. It's not... It's not the full story, my man. Parentheses, absolutely, you have to evaluate parentheses first. Then you take your exponents. Multiplication and division... Those are interchangeable. They're actually interchangeable. So some math teachers have started using PEDMAS instead of PEMDAS to emphasize that. Division and multiplication are on the same step. Same thing with addition and subtraction. Right, right, right. And if you have multiplication and division in the same expression, you're actually supposed to work left to right. That's what I thought. So you're not supposed to do multiplication before division every single time. And people don't know that because their math teacher didn't fucking teach them right. So... 
uh, for example, and the same thing is true with addition and subtraction. So, mm-hmm. for example, 1 minus 4 plus 7. If you were to try and follow PEMDAS exactly, well, A comes sh- before does it, S. Does it matter in this instance uh, if you do it? Because it's all addition and subtraction. No, 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 no. So, here's the thing. So, 1 minus 4 plus 7. If you do 4 plus 7 first, you get 1 minus 11. The way that you're thinking of it, Nathan, is as four is a negative number. You're yeah, saying that's negative four plus that's seven. what I was thinking of. So some mathematicians have actually suggested, <laughs> perhaps rhetorically, doing away with subtraction and division. <laughs> and instead of using subtraction symbols and division adding symbols, negative numbers adding and negative numbers multiplying by fractions. And multiplying by fractions. Because it eliminates the ambiguity. I mean, yeah, but that's some bullshit. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but yeah, so 1 minus 4 plus 7 should be negative 3 plus 7. So you do the subtraction first. Even though PEMDAS has the addition first, right. you're supposed to work left to right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the correct answer there would have been four, four. instead of negative ten. If you do um, four plus seven, you get eleven, and then if you do one minus eleven, you get negative ten. That's obviously not right. Uh, the same thing happens with division and multiplication. And division is usually where you see these social media problems. Right. Um, so uh, I looked a couple of these up. Here's one of them. Twelve. Should I get fucking paper? <laughs> n- uh, not right now. I might oh, have to get okay, paper later. Okay. So twelve divided by six times five. 12 divided by six times five. So people think, <laughs> um, people think that what that looks like is 12 divided by 30 yeah. because the division symbol is ass. I'm going to get into that in a little bit, but you're supposed to work left to right. Yeah. So 12 divided by six, that's two, two. times five ten. is 10. But a lot of people read that and they're like, oh, well, six times five. Because multiplication comes before division in PEMDAS. Sure. And then they think it's 12 divided by 30. And it's not. Again, um, this sort of error can be avoided by ignoring subtraction and division entirely. <laughs> and just using adding negative numbers. No one's going to do that, and multiplying dumbass. by inverses. Because multiplication and addition, we say, are commutative. Which means it doesn't matter what order you do them in. If right. all you're doing is multiplying or if all you're doing is adding, you can do it in any order you want. Yeah. Which, in some cases, is helpful. So instead of doing 12 divided by 6 times 5, you could say 12 times 1 sixth times 5. And then you can so do you it can what? do it in whatever order you yeah. want. So sometimes yeah. th- I, right. I do rewrite problems like that for my students if they're having trouble with order of operations, which as juniors in high school, they still do sometimes. Interesting. Yep. Um, where social media problems yeah, get right. their rocks off is... <laughs> <laughs> is through using intentionally ambiguous problems. So one of the ones that I saw, so yeah. the division symbol is a dot, a dash, and a dot. Okay, right. we're all familiar yeah. with this. Yeah. That symbol is as. It's a fucking ambiguous symbol, and it's bullshit, and I hate that symbol. Because where, where does the division end? Exactly. Where's the grouping? Where? Yeah. What are we dividing by? So one of these problems I saw, nine, division symbol, three, and then directly after the three, with no spaces, were parentheses, one plus two. So it looks like 9 divided by 3 times 1 plus 2. Uh-huh. And because you've got the parentheses there, people misunderstand PEMDAS. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, parentheses, so we've got to get rid of the parentheses first. Mm-hmm. So they want to do 3 times, and then whatever's in the parentheses, 1 plus 2. So 1 plus 2 is 3. 3 sure. times that is 9, so yeah. they think the answer would be 1, 9 divided by 9. 
if but it's written by like that, I can understand. Absolutely. That. And absolutely. that's why. But the P actually means evaluate the inside of the parentheses. But by writing the three next to the parentheses, what we're doing is implying multiplication. And if it's multiplication, it's on the it same level as division, so we should be working left to right. So we're supposed to do yeah. 9 divided by 3, which is 3, times what's inside the parentheses, which is 3. So the answer should be 9. Uh, um, again... I don't like these social media problems. Right. The confusion could be avoided entirely by using the division, like, slash. The so slash, writing 9 yeah. over 3, right, and yeah. then off to the side, write 1 plus 2. Because then you're, you're forcing the interpretation. You're yeah. not leaving it open to, yeah. to, to mistake. Um, this is actually a, a common theme in mathematics. So, because people are misunderstanding being assholes, well, you're, <laughs> it's it's a lot. For some reason, w we struggle with the division symbol. Like we don't know what we're dividing by, like where it starts and stops, yeah, or where it stops. Be with every other operation, multiplication, addition, subtraction, no one has any it, trouble. Yeah. But the division symbol is a little bit weird, ambiguous. No, I agree. Some, yeah, it some, is. Some calculators have just stopped using that symbol. If you hit the division button on most scientific calculators it's gonna it's gonna show a slash yeah and it's not gonna show the division symbol right um a, a very common online calculator that's used across the nation is the desmos calculator and it fully writes out like thing over thing oh right? yeah it literally does a full-on fraction if you hit divide yeah. it will not it's show nice. division symbol. i like it yeah because it makes sense um it has become so tiresome correcting this mistake that the world of math is actually moving away from the division symbol. Yeah, fuck it. Um, in other cultures, Pedmos... Too bad for Ed Sheeran's album called Divide that uses that symbol. Fucking You're irrelevant, Ed. Ginger bastard. Nah, nah, for real, though. I like Ed Sheeran. It's a good album. So Take me into your loving arms. Um, Take me into your loving arms. That was our prom song. Kiss me under the light of a thousand stars. No, it was the prom song when we were juniors. I don't know, man. It was the prom song when we were juniors. That's um, not from that album. No, it's not. So why are we... I don't know, man. Anyway, Divide came out when we were in college, right? Yeah. Yeah, we listened to it all the time we went to work at the... It was our, it was oh our freshman year. Oh, my God. Year. What? Oh, I just remembered the cursed placement <gasps> that we had. Oh, no, 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 no. you remember no, no. that place? Yeah. The community center? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. The woman who wow. ran it was we, like a chain smoker. We had buried that deep she in was our a, subconscious. We got, we got placed at this community center. Because you had to do like six months. Yeah. Not six months. We like got six weeks. Community service, <laughs> I think. I don't know. We had to log so many hours at this community center. Like after school work. And these kids like were tutoring stuff. like super... But I didn't do any tutoring. Right. They all needed math help. Nobody needed fucking social studies. I help. tried a little bit with some math. We're talking about seven and eight year olds who yeah. like couldn't read. Yeah. Like we're talking about some seriously underprivileged communities. And the woman who ran that place was this cruel chain smoking lady. Mm -hmm. There was this one mm -hmm. time I was working with a kid and he tried to stab me with a pencil and then he just put his head down, wouldn't do anything. I so that kid. The woman who ran the place tried to put him in timeout, and he wouldn't move. So she looked at me, and she said, grab his legs, and made me <laughs> yeah. pick up this kid's yeah. legs. And she grabbed his shoulders, and we carried him into her office and, like, left him on the ground. I've, I've yeah, it was a really healthy place. I've never been more, like... Scarred? Yeah, that place was fucked. Uh, but we used to listen to that... Nice. We used to listen to that Ed Sheeran album on the way to and from. We now. also used to listen to uh, Rockstar by Post Malone. Uh. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, there goes the beer. 
Oh. No, we good. We good. We Go good. Go get a paper towel. We can cut right. this real quick. I'm going to be right back. All right. So, in other countries, Pedmos exists in certain forms. Um, it, it, it was you said variation. Pedmos that time. I do. I say Pedmos. Mm. I think it's easier for me to say Pedmos than Pemdos. But, yeah, so the way that it really should be represented is instead of parentheses, exponents, multiplication, division, addition, subtraction, in yeah. order like that, how it should be is the first step is grouping methods. Because parentheses aren't the only method of grouping numbers in an equation. Ooh, what do you um, mean? I'll explain that in a okay. second. Then exponents. And then multiplication or division, working left to right. Right, left to right. And then addition or subtraction, working left, left to right. right. So left really, right. there are four stages instead of an implied six with the PEMDAS thing. So uh, Canada and New Zealand use bed You got to say it right. New Zealand? New Zealand? New Zealand? What? I think I just... My kiwi? My jock just popped. New Zealand? <laughs> and they use... New yeah, we get it. Yeah, you want New Zealand. pagan fuck. You idiot. <laughs> I like that you started this like being on his side, and then you realized, <laughs> as I did, he's a douchebag, that Stevie guy. I mean, the, the, Stevie, he's a person, right? We got to treat people with some amount of respect. I don't know if he is. And I and <laughs> I do think that he is, to some degree, an asshole, but he's... he's li- yeah. He's relatable sometimes. And I like that we're talking about him like he's not here. You, uh, know what you I mean? guys can keep going. I don't mind. I, I, ho- I, I hope you do mind. I, I would I do it more if you minded. Okay, man. Okay. So, anyway. Um, yeah, in Canada and New Zealand, they use <laughs> there you go. bedmos instead of PEMDAS. And B means? Brackets. Um. Because bracket is actually, this is what I was talking about. Bracket is a more mathematical term. It encompasses more than the word parentheses. Parentheses are parentheses. Sure. Um, what does bracket mean? Like, well, bracket, that's the same to a me. A bracket is any symbol that groups numbers together. So like a square root symbol. If uh, I was Okay, I would not think of that if you said bracket. Right, but, but bracket is the mathematical term. So All right. if I had the square root of, and then underneath the square root symbol, I had 1 plus 3. Sure, yeah. And then outside the square root symbol, I had plus 2. Mm-hmm. So the square root of... One plus three, and then outside at plus two. Mm-hmm. It is implied that we should do the one plus three part first. First, yeah. That's. Do you carry out the square root first as well? Yes, okay. because technically, a s- taking a root is. Um, oh boy. Yeah. So that's, ta- that's taking that's a root is actually we use the symbol for roots like square roots or cube roots. It's actually just a variation of an exponent. Square it's, a, it's a reverse exponent. Square roots can be represented by in yeah fractional exponents. So t- uh, four to uh, the I remember this. four to the one half power yeah. is a way of writing the square root of. Yeah, four. I remember this. That's some bullshit. So uh, uh, root they call it. Okay, that's, I, how, I, you, that's I how you can write square. I guess roots that are greater than the cube root, right? Yeah. You have to do exponents. Yeah, eighty-one to the one-fourth power would be the fourth root of eighty-one. Yeah. So which is three. We don't need to get into that. That's I okay. did gloss over this, and perhaps I shouldn't have. So the correct, the four stages of order would be brackets, exponents, and what is called root extraction, Ooh, which is taking square roots okay. or cube roots or fourth roots or whatever. Cool. And then multiplication, division, and then addition, subtraction. So then in this case, you would, because the one and the three are underneath the root symbol, Ooh, yeah. you're supposed to do that first. Because it's a group, it's a bracket. So you would take the square root of sure. four and then add two after that. Okay. Um, 
So the radicand, which is another way to say the square root mm. symbol, that's the name of it. It's called a radicand. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it is a bitch. It is a it is the bracket, right? Actually, no. I think I'm using that word wrong. I think the radicand is the thing that is being rooted. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's right. So the the square root symbol, which is a radical, that's what it should be. Radical. I wrote radicand. I'm sorry. That's um, a Pokemon, right? No. And Nathan was just scared shitless by his fiance who walked into the Margaret, room. why do you do this to me? <laughs> oh, shit, we can name her now. She's we been can, on the podcast. Yeah. Margaret, you have anything to say to the people about um, algebraic order of operations? Pandas, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to love listening to this episode. Right on topic. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to. So, um, the what we were talking about earlier, the division line, the slash, yeah. that is another form of bracket. So... That's why it helps eliminate ambiguity because it's saying, hey, do the stuff on top of the division symbol first and do this stuff on yeah. the bottom. So if I had one plus three divided by one plus one, yeah. I would add one plus three and one plus one. So I'd have four over two and then I would divide. And I'm with you. I'm so with you. in that case, what we're adding before we divide? Yeah, because it's bracketed, because it's grouped together. I'm in favor of eliminating order of operations entirely and just using parentheses all over the place. Uh, okay, I'm I down with it. that. I love it so much. Love parentheses. Margaret, Margaret do, you do you have, have a, question? a question? You have your hand in the air. Okay, so what Margaret said was, <laughs> and I'm going to do my best to use your voice. I just want to know if we're going to get dinner soon or if I need a snack. Is that what you said? Is that pretty accurate? And she said yes. So yeah. don't come at me, feminists. <laughs> Um, we're, I would say like halfway through this episode. So we got another 25 minutes to go. And I'm thinking Nathan might take the over on that, but I'll, I'll try and wrap this bad boy up and then we'll <laughs> go get, a, go get some grub. All right. Deuces. A peek behind the curtain, folks. <laughs> um, and then in other English speaking countries and also some West African countries. New instead Zealand? Of <laughs> no, outside of New Zealand. So Canada, wow, fuck. So instead of using bedmas, so other English-speaking countries, including like the UK, Taco Bell, bedmas, <laughs> <laughs> more bed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so these countries use bodmas, where Mary bodmas. <laughs> so these countries use bodmas, which means brackets and then order. So order is another way of referring to exponents. If we're talking about the order of, um, like, to the second order, that would be another way of saying to square something. So order is just another word that's used in place of exponent. It depends on the mm, dialect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and in some parts of the UK, bidmus is used. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got some bidness to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So we've all got. Uh, how's, how's school doing? How's your maths going? I got some bidmish to do. I still got uh, my, my maths problems. We about bidmish today, <laughs> father. Oh yeah, what's your return on investment on that bidmish? No, bidmish. Why do I like makes it hard to understand me? You sound like you're poor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Why you sound so poor, Nathan, son? Nathan and I used to have these characters. I don't remember their names. One of them might have been Torrance. Uh, yeah, that sounds about that was right. it. We but just, they sound just like that. Torrance, I'm sick and tired of being poor. poor. We're so poor. That's all it was. We're just like pre-industrial revolution. Yeah, Victorian era. Like, peasants. Yeah. 
So anyway, bidmus means the I stands for indices, which is a bullshit way of yeah, pluralizing the word. That is a nothing word. It's the plural of index, and index is just another way of referring to exponents, which is stupid. So anyway, I frankly won't have that. Benjamin frankly won't have that. We're gonna move past order of operations. We're gonna talk about some other nonsense. Thank God. <laughs> you ever heard of the foil method? Yeah. What is that? First, outside, inside, last. Okay, so That's what? how you multiply binomials, oh my, my man. God, your vocabulary is off the friggin' charts. I tell you, I, I, know, I know my math. So, uh, yeah, what Nathan just I said. I know my bit, miss. I know my bit, miss. <laughs> <laughs> you, you use the FOIL method to multiply binomial expressions. Oh, sorry, I forgot the expressions No, part. you're fine. Uh, binomial. You didn't say anything wrong. I'm just saying I know. differently. So, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> So if I wanted to multiply, a binomial is an expression with two terms. Yeah. So x plus 3, that's a binomial. x is one term, 3 is another. If I want to multiply x plus 3 times x plus 2, mm-hmm. I'm multiplying two binomials. And normally the way that's represented is one set of parentheses is x plus 3, and then another one right after that is x plus 2. Yep. That yep. would be, you would be multiplying binomial expressions. And the way that everyone learns to do it in Algebra 1 when you're starting to write quadratic functions is your teacher says, FOIL, first, outer, inner, last. But all, uh, all FOIL is is dis- distribution, right? <sighs> yes. This is what drives me nuts. What do you mean? So that's what it is. So we, I know a lot of teachers who the, the first thing they say is FOIL method, learn this, do this, memorize this. I remember when I was taught, I was taught it as distribution and then you can foil this it. would be the proper way to teach you okay you, you focus the c- actually the proper way to teach is to leave the students with a problem let them figure it out and then generalize the process as the distributive property and then provide the tools if they don't get it with the procedure that is the foil method yeah we do not have time for that because uh, I'm going to get into this in a second. Sure, yeah. But uh, essentially a lot of teachers skip all of the explore, exploration, the student-centered part, the conceptual understanding, and skip right to the procedure, which is first outer inner last. And they ignore entirely the fact that what you're doing is the distributive property. Right. So the distributive property is like when you have a number in front of a set of parentheses. So let's right. say I had three parentheses, 2x plus 4. Yeah, so you multiply 2x by 3 and you multiply 4 by 3. That's called distribution. Uh, the distributive property is a core tenet of algebra. Multiplying binomial expressions using the FOIL method is just a different form of the distri- it's just distributive it's, it's, property. It's a little bit more complicated yeah. than So then let's go level. back to our example, x plus 2 times x plus 3. Right. The FOIL method says first, so you multiply the first term in each binomial, x times x. Uh, outer, you multiply the x from the first binomial and the 3 from the second binomial. But what you're doing... You're just doing distribution. Under distribution, you take the first part of yeah, the first thing... Which is X. And you distribute it to, to both the of second, the parts. The second binomial, yeah. right? X so times I forget X the X numbers you used. But yeah, you take the X, multiply by the X. You take the X, multiply, multiply by, by, three. by three. And then the second part of the first binomial is two. Saying so two times X and two times three. Yeah. And if you it's, understand it's, it it's as distribution, distribution... in two steps. Right, but, but the pro- here, here's what happens. Teachers use it as a way of just getting through that lesson. Sure. This causes an immediate problem because what follows in the curriculum, after you teach, well, multiplying binomial expressions together to get a quadratic equation, you you teach, 
you teach factoring, which is when you which s- is undoing it, right? Which is you start with a quadratic function and then you factor it into two binomial. And there's not like a uh, like a nice shortcut foil thing for no, that one. You have not. to understand what combinations make those things. So so you. What ends up happening is every math teacher who teaches algebra across the country has a different way of doing this. But, like, the question always is, like, what multiplies to give you your third term and adds to give you your second term. Yeah. Which is just rewording the distributive property, but nobody understands that. So let me give a more concrete example. Let's say I wanted to factor the quadratic expression x squared minus 6x plus 5. Every math teacher in the country would say, now think about this, what multiplies to give you five but adds to give you negative six. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, why the fuck are we talking about that? Exactly. Why are we multiplying to get five and adding to get negative six? What does that mean? But the it it means a lot. If you think about where you were coming from, Mm -hmm. how did we get here? We're trying to split this up into two binomials. And sometimes you can understand that using FOIL. Yeah. If, If... you like know what like you can go through the process of foil and figure out or understand what you are doing if that's all they give right. you but not ever like that's not going to happen no a lot of the you time. just memorize the process right. and you get through the quiz and then you get into factoring and you're like what the hell is going on so to to explain this a little further to get the constant term of a quadratic expression a quadratic trinomial so x squared minus 6x plus 5 the thing that gives you the 5 is when you're foiling when you're multiplying the two numbers yeah so at, at the end the numbers not the variables yeah so in this case if i wanted to factor x squared minus 6x plus 5 mm-hmm. my two factors would be x minus 5 and x minus 1 Yep. So x minus 5 times x minus 1. What gives me the positive 5 in my original function is the negative 5 times the negative 1. Exactly. That's why we're saying what multiplies to give you 5, and then and adding and to give you negative comes 6. Comes from the x being distributed to both of those numbers. Right. But if you don't know that foiling is the distributive property, you're not going to get that. Yeah. So we have a huge conceptual gap in Algebra 1, early on in Algebra 1. Yeah. Actually, it's not early on. It's, it's in I the sec- w- yeah, I was going to say. It's that's the not- second semester of Algebra 1. Um, so actually what students would be doing um, right about, actually a little before now in the school year. But I, as a history teacher, had to help kids with factoring and foiling in my class before. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to be clear here. I'm not shitting on teachers. No, I'm not shitting I, on math teachers. I'm shitting on the Indiana education system. And it's not too dissimilar from the United States education system. There are so many standards that are included in the Algebra 1 curriculum that if, if what I wanted to do, and thank God I don't teach Algebra 1 because I'd be miserable <laughs> for this reason. <laughs> If I had to describe and explain and facilitate the process that that gets the students to understand the mathematics that is happening, what are you supposed to what are you supposed to like get to in algebra one? What's like the end goal? Um, what's what's the last thing that you guys are supposed to algebra one like do? Uh, so you go systems of equations, function notation. So you go through your basic algebra, your graphing, your yeah, but the Your graphs get it, the graphs kind of get crazy. Sure. So semester two algebra, you get one. to binomials. You do factoring. I am assuming you do, you know, the quadratic square roots in inequalities. There. I don't know where they wind up in May. 
I actually okay. don't know. A lot of Algebra 1 is working with quadratic equations. That, Finding yeah. zeros. I guess that, that would probably be toward, like, maybe probably end. your end point or somewhere in there. Getting to that point. Getting to the quad, getting to the quadratic equations. Oh, yeah. Being they start able talking to graph about, like, them, vertex form. Finding yes, your yes, solutions yes. to quadratic equations. Yeah, so I've never actually taught Algebra 1. I taught it when I was a student teacher, but that got cut short due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so the furthest I got was quadratic equations. And then it stopped. And then yeah. right now I'm helping some students through Algebra 1 through a tutoring thing that I do. But, well, we're only in March. So sure, I, yeah. I, haven't, I, I honestly don't really know where we're winding up. Um, but what the problem is that essentially you're teaching math to 13-year-olds. And this mm. is the first time that they've actually had to try in math. Like actual like actual math. We're talking about just like Yeah, if you think about what a simple variable Yeah, we're talking about what a fucking function is. You can represent a function as well, you can write it out, you can use a table, you can use a graph. Yeah. Like there's so many different things that are going on. There's so much math that's happening. There's so many concepts. And and having to face that as a 13-year-old kid yeah. is so much. And teachers can't they they frankly don't have the time because there are so many standards that they have to hit yeah. that they can't do this exploration every day. So what what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, my geometry team, we are trying our damnedest to identify one lesson in each yeah. chapter mm-hmm. that we can do a student-centered lesson on sure. and get them thinking because that's all we have time for. Right. Um, another problem is that the Algebra 1 class is a required class for graduation in the state of indiana not to mention the fact that it leads into algebra 2 which a lot of state schools in indiana won't even consider you if you don't have it on your transcript so iu and purdue Mm -hmm. if you don't take algebra 2 you're not getting in because they actually require you to take pre-calculus which you have to have algebra 2 to get into so algebra 1 is so foundational they need to have the procedures down and then hopefully they can talk more about the concepts if they go on to math further on yeah in a perfect world, kids that don't have a math background aren't forced to do these classes. True. But the problem is we've got to teach to the lowest common denominator because it's necessary to get the whole class through. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that I teach geometry because it doesn't lead into anything directly. Like True. Geometry's yeah, you don't thing. need to know a lot of geometry to do yeah. anything else. So if, if I take like one... Like it helps with some pre-calc, I guess, in terms the of trig, trig and stuff. But like other than that... Right. If I need to take one fewer day on quadrilaterals and classification... Uh, yeah, nobody gives a fuck. Right. So then I can do a day on problem solving and just doing riddles or something. And then yeah. really like honing in on the skills needed to succeed in life. I've, I told... I was in a meeting with... Uh, one of the I went to a professional development like geometry a math conference basically Uh and I was representing my school and I said at the conference where there were other geometry teachers from my school my boss and a member of the uh, curriculum committee from our central office we Uh were all there and also other math educators and people with doctorates from the state of Indiana was doctor division there doctor division was there wow and you know what I'm guessing keynote speaker he gave the keynote yeah yeah uh he denounced his family name wow uh, he said i he said i wish i was born a bracket that's uh-huh, what he said uh-huh. and <laughs> boy that's a fun math joke isn't it <laughs> <laughs> but what what i said was honestly i could care less if my students leave my class knowing the tr- that the angles and triangle out of 280 i uh-huh. do not care about that i want them to be able to solve a problem yeah I want them to wake up 
and the power's out, and they know where to go. They go downstairs and they check this the 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 fuse box, and they flip all the switches, and it still doesn't work. So then they go outside and they check the the right wires, and they're able to logically think through the problem to be able to solve shit on their own. Yeah, that's what I want them to be able to do: persevere through problem solving. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of mathematics in high school, unless you go into math, in which case you don't need algebra two. When was the last time you graphed a quadratic equation? Oh, I'm going to say it's less than a year ago because I help people with homework. Okay. No. no. Sure. Not in my life. Right. Because you don't need it. Yeah. What you need to know is add, subtract, multiply, divide. These kids keep saying, why do I need this? Why do I need to take this class? Why do I need this? But this is the thing. It's It's the same thing across subjects as well Absolutely. people ask me that question but but you're trying to get you're trying to make your students more worldly you're trying to give them a better perspective i'm trying to get well, them well perspective think. but in a, in the same way i also want to think critically uh, think critically analyze things yes. So more my, written things. My but my think critically is problem solving. You are faced with a problem that you've never seen before and you don't know how to solve. What are yeah. you going to do to try and fix it? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to foster. And I'm really lucky that I get to do that because that's kind of what geometry is, right? We talk about like writing proofs, writing arguments, logical explanations. So I'm really lucky in that in that regard. Yeah. Okay. Back to the meat and potatoes of the episode. There are potatoes. Um, we may not get to all of these today. There's That's a couple okay. More. And, uh, these these would be a little bit faster. I'd be I'd be heartbroken. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, I love math. Cross multiplication is another process. More like crossed multiplication. You gotta <laughs> do that shit while you're high as hell. Um, cross multiplication is when you have a fraction equal to a fraction. And you cross multiply, so you draw an X. You multiply right. the numerator from your first fraction by the, denominator. the denominator of the other fraction, and, and, then and you set them equal to each other, yeah. and you solve the equation. So a lot of I'm no. I'm hoping that everyone listening to this knows what cross multiplication is. If not, I'm not going to explain maybe it. Maybe skip. Maybe a Andy will. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm good. So here's the thing. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. I'm gonna get on my soapbox. <sighs> Students first see fractions in elementary school, and I am. I want to be very clear about what I'm about to say. I am not taking a dig at elementary teachers. But if we're going to be introducing mathematics in elementary school, I hope that the training that is provided to education majors who go on to teach elementary school has a higher focus in math because you don't actually need a degree or really even a concentration in math to teach elementary math. Yeah. What happens then is you have people teaching math that don't know what's going on. Yeah. That just say, because that's the way it is. And then you get students that think that math doesn't actually represent the real world. And they think it's just game with made up rules. And there's no, uh, no, I'm serious. This is a problem. Um, And it leads to huge gaps in conceptual understanding. And so, uh, and I have proof of this because when I said cross multiply, and this is about fractions, every single person listening to this podcast just went, oh man, I hate fractions. Because every fucking person says that. Oh, I hate fractions. You know why you hate fractions? Because your elementary school teacher didn't know how to do them either. Mm, yeah. That's why. That Because no one knows how to do them. But they're just division. And the reason cross multiplication works is because we're simplifying fractions. We're undoing fractions. By doing the opposite. Yeah, that's that's why you're you're ba- you're multiplying by the reciprocal, right? By the denominator. 
You're multiplying both sides. Oh, uh, right, right. You're clearing your fractions by multiplication. That yes, that's what it is. That's what cross multiplication is. Yeah. You're clearing your fractions by doing the opposite operation. Fractions imply division. Right. So you do the opposite, which is multiplication. But the way that you do it is what matters. I tried to break down a cross multiplication problem for my geometry students the other day. Sophomores, they had no idea what I was doing. So I'm gonna give an an example here. Let's say I have the equation one half, one half. equals, equals. Four, 4 over, over. x. x. You yep. have 1 over 2 equals 4 over x. Mm -hmm. if, you were eight. To if you were to cross... Yes, x is 8. <laughs> Thanks, neighbor. If you were to cross multiply, what you would do is you would take 2 times 4, mm -hmm. eight. and you would take x times 1. So you would mm -hmm. multiply your denominators to your numerators across. So you draw a little x, cross multiplication. Now, wow. if I didn't memorize the process of cross-multiplication, this is what I would do. I would simplify my fractions mm. using the opposite operation. So okay. on yep. one side, I'm dividing by x. I have 4 over x. So what I would do to undo that is the opposite. Multiply, Multiply. both sides by x. That cancels the x on Get one side. Get your x out of the denominator. So on the right side of this equation, or the first side, I had 1 over 2. I multiply that by x. I now have x over 2 equals 4. Mm-hmm. To get rid of the fraction. I have x over 2 equals 4. You, you would not too. believe how many high school math students. Don't know what to do. Sophomores, juniors, seniors. If I gave them x over 2 equals 4, they would. They might be able to tell me that x is 8, but they wouldn't know how to solve Ooh. for x. They're yeah. like, well, I know that 8 divided by 2 is 4, but I don't know why it's 8. Like, I can't get it by itself. That's what I would get a lot of. Because yeah. they have no idea what fractions actually represent. If you have x over 2 equals 4... You're dividing x by 2. The opposite operation to get x by itself would be to multiply by 2. So you multiply both sides by 2, you get yeah, rid of the yeah, fraction, yeah, yeah. and x is 8. And this process is more steps than cross-multiplication, which is why teachers teach well, cross-multiplication. Yeah. But it's worth it because it, it helps the... pattern that we teach the shortcuts. Right. We teach the shortcut without teaching the concept of what's right. actually happening. And if you teach what's happening here, it helps students deal with fractions in literally every other context. Because you know you can clear fractions through multiplication. Yes. I tell my students that. I'll give them a problem with fractions. They're like, God, I hate fractions. I'm like, great. Me too. Let's Make get not rid a of fraction. Them. Multiply everything by the denominators. Yeah. Because that's, that's a principle of a lot of math down, like, later in algebra, too. Like, you have to solve equations with x's and denominators yeah. and all the other stuff so yes so i've been hitting that really hard this year focusing on solving problems with fractions yeah because they're really uncomfortable with it and i don't know what it is about my particular school system but god they they can't they can't do the simplest you gotta thing. make these kids uncomfy i i yeah and i do <laughs> um, just in my presence really speaking of fractions um i also teach a junior algebra 2 class but it's more of a financial class you would not believe the amount of students that I say, okay, we got to convert 4% to a decimal, and they don't know how oh to do that. Oh, my gosh. So they say, oh, well, I know I moved the decimal, but I don't remember if I move it right or left. Bruh, what? Okay, so that's the problem, because they were taught that to convert a percent to a decimal, you move a decimal point. I hate that shit. I hate that shit. Nathan, what does percent mean? Uh, like, literally? I don't know. Yeah, literally. I, I don't know. Really? No. Cent? Dollar. No, nope. I don't know. How many by hundred by hundred? Yeah, how many years are in a century? A hundred. How many cents are in a dollar? A hundred. Yeah. So my. How many percents are in a in one thing? A hundred. So, yeah, percent comes from the Latin like percento. Per oh yeah, cento. no, I got it now. 
uh, <laughs> but is literally per 100. Cent is the Latin root for 100. It means per 100, which Centurion. means divide by 100. So most of the time, my students, if I asked them to take 4% of 100, what they would do is they would take 4 times 100. <laughs> and they'd say it's 400. It's 400%. No, it's just 400. 400. 400. Zero, yeah. What's 4% of $100? And I swear to God, I bet you half of my juniors $400. would say $400. And then they might be like, well, that's not right. It's supposed to be smaller, but they wouldn't know how to solve it. Percent literally means per 100, which means divide by 100. This problem has gotten so bad that calculators have percent buttons now. Mm-hmm. They have a button that all yeah. it does is convert. Make things percents. Yep. Um, I don't I I see, like, I don't understand. Like, I, I guess I understand that in that it is essential in some means for people to be able to visualize things in percent to have the computer change it to it for them but like but they just hit the button they don't know what it means right so so percent like i said means per 100 per means divide miles per hour means you take the number of miles you've driven and you divide it by the time and that gives you your speed like right? visually a decimal and a percent at least to me are are like equivalent I you I can look you can look at one and just understand that it's <laughs> the other like I I this is the problem like again we came up with this symbol for simplicity's sake the Romans were using it really gained popularity this symbol in uh over in Roman rule with the Roman Empire because oh, they were taxing these fucking Romans and the taxes were based on percentages Percents. and so uh they started writing that symbol like the zero slash zero. Um, so we could do all the math properly by ignoring the symbol entirely. And every time I said 4%, well, I would just write four over a hundred. Yeah. Because that's actually what it means. Yeah. And if that were the case, then if I were taking four over a hundred of a hundred, I'm taking four hundredths of a hundred that would clearly be four so really the problem is that the students don't understand what a percent <sighs> means yeah. and instead of explaining it to them teachers are just like move the decimal yeah percentages are introduced okay. at a young age and okay. so we lose that sure this is making me sad right now i know part of the problem well yeah part of the problem with math education or education in general is that if you're good at math and you understand it, you're probably not going to be a teacher because teachers no. make nothing. Bank. <laughs> so, so like I took math classes at at the college level with actuaries. Yeah, they make five times as much as I do. Literally, Must be nice. So like, unless you really love the kids or whatever, <laughs> like you're not gonna <laughs> do this. People become teachers because they love kids, not because they love math. So, well, that's yeah. the problem, right? I mean, that really, at least in the math sense, because we're teaching percentages, teachers teach percentages and they don't even know what they mean themselves because uh -huh. they don't know the math. They just want to have their own classroom. They want name tags. Oh, fucking whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I know. I am. Okay. I know I said I wasn't. Take that, teachers. I know I said I wasn't shitting on teachers, but some kinds of teachers really do bother uh, me. Yeah. Like the teachers that post their Amazon wish list to Facebook. Oh, my God. I know exactly who the fuck you're talking about. Maybe we're not talking about the exact same person. We might be. <laughs> uh, 
Whatever. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, I'm moving on. Sorry. Teachers, you're America's sweethearts. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Except America doesn't care about you. So uh, I'd like to end today with... I have two things that I'd like to do. Please be riddles. Please be riddles. Please no, be riddles. I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to do the distance formula. (laughs) Nice. Do you remember the distance formula? If you're asking me if I remember formulas, I don't. Right. That's the point. So if I give you two points and I ask you to find the distance between them. This, I I mean, this is similar to the midpoint formula, is it not? How so? (laughs) In that it's Uh, a formula involving two points. Is the distance formula based off of Pythagorean theorem? Jesus, Nathan, whoever your math teachers were, they really knew what they were doing. So so you know the Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. What is it? A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Okay. So a distance formula, uh, I'm guessing, I I can't think of it off the top That's of okay. my That's okay. We're going to talk about it. But the reason you don't know is because you don't need to. Um, the distance yeah, formula- I don't work a lot with coordinates. No, it's okay. Yeah, that's- Thank you. Thank you. Uh, no, I'm serious. <laughs> so the distance formula is the bane of geometry students everywhere because we've just learned the midpoint formula. It's very early on in the year, literally August. And we just learned the midpoint formula, which is just an average. And they're like, oh, man, geometry's easy. Everyone told me it was hard. And then, bam, distance formula is the next lesson. And they don't fucking understand yeah. it. Yeah. Here's the distance formula. D equals the square root okay. of yep. x2 minus x1 squared plus y2 minus y1 squared. And I say that, and they say, what? And I said, yeah, yeah, D equals the square root of x2 minus x1 squared plus y2 minus y1 squared. And they say, I don't know what you're talking about. So... It is derived from the Pythagorean theorem. The only I'm thing is... I'm trying to figure out how. So the Pythagorean theorem is A squared plus B squared okay, equals C yeah, squared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where if you think of this, the Pythagorean taking, theorem is for... You're a taking ro- the length, you're taking the square root of the length and the square root of the height change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of. So I'm um, trying to visualize it. It's not C, working right A now. squared plus B squared equals C squared, where C is the hypotenuse. Right, yeah. So the... The distance between the points that we're finding here would be like the hypotenuse. We're finding the hypotenuse. Okay. okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So essentially, we've just solved. I got you. I, I totally understand now. I've got it. It just took a second. Yeah. We're solving for C. So instead of A squared yes. plus B squared equals C squared, we've taken the square root of both sides. So the first part is finding leg one. The second part is finding leg two. Uh, yeah, yeah. So D... Where I say D equals, really... D is the hypotenuse. Is the hypotenuse. It's it C. It is the We've shortest distance from this place to this place. Exactly. Which is why and we say And you draw a right triangle to figure the direct yes. length between the x-coordinate and the y-coordinate. Yes. Yeah. X2 minus X1 is the distance between the x-coordinates. Yeah. Y2 minus Y1 is the distance between the y-coordinates. Yeah. In other words, it's the, the length and the height. Yeah. But, I'm with you. But... I can't tell you, Nathan, how many Oh, times. I 100% believe it. I remember fucking hating the distance formula. Right, because you're like, I know there's subtraction in addition, because but I don't I know Because I did why. not understand this one. This is, uh, of the ones we've talked about, most of them I have conceptually understood. That one I know I did so not in high school. Since we've been in high school, the standard has changed so that we, as part of the state curriculum, we do have to say at some point, yeah, it, this is from the Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. But we don't have to explain why. Nice, good, good. I good. do. So I actually, um, what what I'll do, it, I have to teach the distance formula. Yeah. It's part of the curriculum. Yeah. 
But as soon as I do that, we just graph the points every time, and then we use the Pythagorean theorem. And I'm like, okay, then you can use whatever you want. And all the kids just draw right triangles and use the Pythagorean theorem because Fair. that's the same thing. Yeah. By drawing it, you're using like human civilization existed for literally thousands of years, and correctly and properly constructed right triangles for literally thousands of years without having the distance formula. Mm -hmm. We were able to calculate the distance between two places without the distance formula because we had the Pythagorean theorem, which, yeah, I guess it, it, it came first and it doesn't solve for the hypotenuse like the distance formula does, but there's no need to memorize a formula if you understand the concept, yeah, which true. is draw a fucking triangle. Um, weirdly enough, and this is something you may not remember, because why would you? <laughs> I'm sure. The formula for the equation of a circle mm -hmm. is also... Pi R squared? It, uh, no, that's the area of a circle. Oh, shit. If I wanted to graph a circle... Oh, it's it's got two squareds. Uh, three, actually. So it's... Uh, it's, it's something squared equals something squared plus something squared? Yeah, radius squared equals x minus h squared plus y minus k squared, where h and k are just the center. But what that is, r squared is the radius You're squared. You're literally just drawing a line from the, the center in all directions. Yes, so uh, a circle is a set... Geometrically speaking, the definition of a circle is a set of shut the fuck up. A set of points that is equidistant from another point. So you're oh, yeah. you're just keeping the hypotenuse the same and spinning it around a point. <laughs> oh, nice! And so a radius got him with that hypotenuse spinning out here. What the hell here? is happening? <laughs> so the equation of, for the the formula for the equation of a circle is literally just the Pythagorean theorem. And guess what? We don't teach it like that, and I don't understand why we don't. Because it's no, the circles same. you don't need them. Um, so the with the equation of the circle, there are a lot of issues as to why we don't teach it like that. I think the biggest one is that you have to understand that equations, what they actually represent are sets of points on a fucking graph. Yeah. So for every X I plug in, I get a Y yeah. out. Completely overlooked in Algebra I mean, 1, yeah. which they have so much to teach. Um, it's it's hard to... Get kids uh, with, to with give with a shit graphs kind of conceptualized that it is in, like, an infinite number of points. Yep that you can plug into this equation and get yep. something that falls on that line. This point X, Y like, means I plugged X Especially in. with graphs. Dude, actually, the word plug in, we're not supposed to use the word plug in in, our, in my math class. Uh -huh. We're supposed to use the word substitute. Of course. Because that's the mathematical thing that you're doing. You're substituting. There's, sure. a, substi there's a substitution property of equality. There is no plug in property of equality, going uh -huh. back to the foundational algebraic concept. Sure. So I actually skipped. I was going to talk about another thing, but I'm going to skip to the end here. Nice. So, here's the problem. Like you said, we teach the shortcut. Yeah, basically. Uh, my view, and the view of many math teachers, I don't think any math teacher wants to teach the shortcut unless they genuinely don't know how. But if we're talking about secondary math, middle middle school and high school math, sure. you have to have a degree in math education. Yeah. You yeah. have to teach this shit. You, you have to go through a lot of math to get here, and you have to understand why it's important. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, I think a lot of the teachers would say, fuck the shortcuts. I don't want to teach the shortcuts either, but we don't have time to explain the shit or give the students enough time to explore it on their own. Yeah. What's actually happening, which is crazy because uh -huh. Indiana is a backwards fucking state. Yeah. Last year, the Indiana Department of Education came out publicly and said, we know that there are too many math standards. Ooh. And what we're going to do is cut down. 
we are going to read. We're going to look at all the standards for every math class: algebra one, geometry, algebra two. The, actually, those are the main three. They're not touching pre-calc or calculus as of yet. And what we're doing is we're going to cut the number of standards that we're making you teach by 25%. Wow. And furthermore, of the ones we keep, we are going to say which ones are the most important. So we're going to okay. identify um, the standards from the ones that we keep that we feel, the state of Indiana, are the most important as these students go through the, this math class and on to further math classes. Sure thereby making it a lot clearer for teachers what you can and should spend more time If I want to spend three days on the Pythagorean theorem, then I can because the state of Indiana has identified that as an important standard. Yeah. Whereas before, it was up to each individual school, each individual teacher to determine what was important and what wasn't. Yeah. So for a terrible, terrible, terrible thing that was. One school might spend a lot of time on the Pythagorean theorem. One school might spend half a day on it and just teach the formula and move on. Yeah. So it, it kind of came down to teacher preference. So the state is recognizing that. And even cooler, which is insane that this is happening in Indiana. I cannot believe this. They are... <laughs> they've like kind of made the first draft mm-hmm. of this, of the selection of the new process. Curriculum. And they've, they've publicly announced that there are dates so we i have two weeks literally right now i can go in as a geometry teacher and comment it's a it's vote a, it's a public vote vote for harambe <laughs> harambe needs to be the first the first most important math concept it's a it's a fucking go- right in these nuts it's a google sheet <laughs> the state of indiana <laughs> sent every math teacher a link to a google please, sheet please please write in these nuts <laughs> And they've highlighted the important standards in green, and the rest of the standards are not highlighted, but they're the ones that have been kept. So I'm supposed to go in and leave a comment and say, yep, I agree, or I don't agree, and they'll take that into consideration. Now, you want me to take this amazing once-in-a-lifetime write opportunity in these nuts. and write these nuts. <laughs> <sighs> or Harambe. I'd be okay with Harambe. Where instead, what what is cool... <laughs> And what me and the other geometry teachers at my school are doing. Well, cool math games is writing in D's nuts. <laughs> yeah, if you want to be popular, you'd write in D's nuts. <laughs> but not. No, like actually what's happening is like me and the other geometry teachers were meeting. Um, On what you're going to vote for next or week. Comment. We're, yeah, we're, we're going to go. We're, we're going through them as a group, the eight of us. And we're going to say like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I know that they say this is important, but it doesn't really pop up until, like, Calc 2, whereas this one they've said is not important, but it's absolutely a skill that they'd need if they went into, like, English or something. Like, yeah. like if it's argumentative in any way, or if we're talking about writing the converse statements, like having the Whoa. grasp of the in- English language might be more important yeah. cross-curricularly. So we're supposed to look okay. at it like that. It's a really cool opportunity. I'm glad that the state is doing it. They're actually listening to teachers for the first time in like 50 years. Well, Nathan, you got any questions? All <laughs> I can hope for is someone writing in these nuts. <laughs> and uh, a boy can dream. Them getting a lot of upvotes in the uh, in yeah. the comments. Uh, questions? Yeah. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> Math doesn't make sense sometimes, but some things. Should make sense. Does that make sense? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, I have no questions. Uh, I seed my time. Fuck you. <laughs> you remember that? 
I love that. No, what? No, it was during like the the uh, COVID like like lockdown, and it was like some California like public discussion forum on something I think in LA, and this guy was talking, and then at the end like he said, "I seed my time." Fuck you. <laughs> And something else, but it it was iconic. Okay, well then I guess there's only one way to end this episode, Nathan. That's right. We uh, got social media. No. Follow us at Topical Breeze. Our email is topicalbreezepod at gmail dot com. And Andy, I'm Andy. I'm Nathan. Yo ho ho. And a bottle of thank you for listening. We seed our time. Fuck you. Good night. <laughs> hey hey you you. I don't like your podcast. Oh no. Fuck off. <laughs> Welcome to Topical Breeze. <laughs> no, we can't. I can't say fuck off in the second. God. All right, we'll use that later. <laughs> End of the podcast. Mm-hmm.